Willkommen zurück im Video Brain Podcast. Ähm, ich habe wieder ein englisches Interview und zwar mit Karl Pauline, ähm, der in äh, Südkorea wohnt und ähm, sich viel mit dem Thema Produktivität und äh, Time Management beschäftigt, also Zeitmanagement und äh, eben auch hier sehr, sehr bekannt ist über YouTube, wirklich eine, eine große Reichweite hat in seinem sehr nischigen Thema. Und äh, ich habe es geschafft, ihn in den Podcast einzuladen und finde eben, dass er auch nochmal eine ganz andere Perspektive auf das Thema hat. Und äh, genau, freue mich, äh, dass du einschaltest. Welcome back in the Feed Your Brain podcast. Today we have another English interview again after we had Steve Babcock from uh, from Vayner Media a couple of months ago. Um, so it's um, it's going to happen again in English. Very happy to um, to have another special guest today in the podcast. Um, and today we will cover a topic which is all around time management, productivity, goal planning, efficiency in life. So lots of interesting topics that I know that my listeners are very interested in. So um, we got a special expert all the way from the other side of the world, um, lives in Seoul in, in South Korea, um, as far as I know, is an Englishman. So um, to, to give the name, Carl Pauline has written three books on, on productivity and time management, coaches, companies, individuals around topics that regard time management and, and the other ones that I mentioned, trained university graduates. And as what you can see from, from his website, he can show references from Hyundai, also Bayer, which is a German company, <laughs> um, Kia, <laughs> Kia Motors, Jaguar, and, and much more. And his YouTube channel has almost 15,000 subscribers. So that's, that's very interesting also to see that he's going all in in, in the digital area. And I'm happy to have you here, um, Carl. So happy uh, that we got together okay. and uh, welcome in the Feed Your Brain podcast. <laughs> well, thank you. And thank you for that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I mean, um, it's a super interesting topic. I, we talked already in the pre-talk about it, that productivity is big in Germany. And um, since we're doing it in English, maybe we can even reach more and you followers, of course. Um, so um, I think it's super interesting to have you on board and see how we can how can, we can deep dive into into all those productivity topics. Generally, uh, you are in South Korea, right? I mean, that's also interesting I for am. the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've been in South Korea now for 16 years, I think. Oh, wow. Um, and I came in 2002, just after the World Cup, actually. <laughs> I missed the World Cup by one day. Oh wow! Well, so, was was that uh, on was that on purpose or <laughs> that was actually on purpose? Yes, because I'm not actually a big soccer fan. I'm or football fan. I'm actually a rugby fan. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> so soccer <laughs> interesting, but it's not my big thing. Which uh, which team do you uh, support in rugby? Uh, I'm a Leeds Rhinos fan, which is uh, the English Super League. Um, okay. We are the Super League champions at the moment, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest problem I actually have is trying to find a way of watching the games over here in Korea. Right. Because there's the no official 
channel or well there's no official channel that shows rugby oh, okay. rug, or super league over here anyway so i have to uh hope that somebody's posted it on youtube and try and watch it before it gets taken down by the copywriters <laughs> <laughs> so being quick is it's uh it's probably the most important thing here <laughs> yeah you've got to be very fast if the game is on friday night you've got about 24 hours before it gets taken down so <laughs> <laughs> the classic so, problem in the internet <laughs> yeah um, but but I, I managed to get them, so <laughs> certainly the big games, so we're all right. Fantastic. I mean, but South Korea, like, do you have a Korean nationality, or how, how did it come that you go to to to, to Korea? I mean, that's it's well, actually, my background was in law, uh, and I my background when I was in my twenties, I actually started off in the hotel trade, and that is a fantastic industry uh for like real education as i call it because you're actually learning about standards and and customer service i mean mm -hmm. there's so much you learn in that industry um but it's not i wouldn't say well when i was there it wasn't really a career okay uh, it was good for your 20s when you have lots of energy and you don't mind not sleeping for several days um <laughs> but as a long-term career it wasn't for me And uh, eventually I did. I drifted into law and went to back to, went to university, did all this stuff that you have to do at university. And then I went to the work in the office. After about a year, 18 months, I went, oh, dear, this was a mistake. But, mm -hmm. you know, when you've invested so much of your well money and time into studying a particular subject, mm -hmm. it's very hard to admit you've made such a big mistake. So my excuse at the time was I need some time out. What can I do? Got it, and yeah. I thought, oh, I can teach English in Asia. Mm -hmm. So I looked at Japan, very expensive living cost in Japan. Right. Uh, China didn't pay very well then. It's changed now. And mm -hmm. Korea seemed to be fantastic. Uh, you know, draft beer is sold at 500 centiliters, uh, milliliters, centiliters, whatever, centiliters. Right, right. Um, the UK is 440. Mm-hmm. And it was only one pound a pint, which was probably about one euro twenty. Right, right. Oh wow! And in the you know in the UK we were paying well, you pay four, four, or four five, five euros a yeah, pint. Four or five, yeah. yeah, right. So it was a no-brainer, really. <laughs> Just uh, <laughs> quick decision. <laughs> quick decision. So I came over here, and my I say my excuse was I needed some time out, but then I discovered that I actually loved teaching. Mm -hmm. It never occurred to me before I went to came to Korea, but oh, once I I found that in the classroom, in the lecture theater, you know, helping people um, with their English as it was then, I loved it. And I, you know, after two years, I thought this is it. I'm not going back. Oh wow! But <laughs> and eventually, I met my wife, and now I have my, you know, I have what they call it, the green card. Mm. <laughs> Right. Well, I have permanent I have permanent residency over here because my wife is Korean. Oh, cool! And yeah. uh, so, so sixteen years, yeah, and uh, never regretted it. Can you can you speak a little Korean, or it's too difficult? I, I have what they call survival Korean. <laughs> survival no, I'm, Korean. I'm, I, yeah, I'm good in restaurants, bars, taxis, shopping, that sort of thing. But uh, you know, once the conversation goes beyond ten minutes, mm -hmm. I'm in trouble. Okay, but but it's like it's possible at least to have a first step into the language, right? Because sometimes we think oh, yeah. of Asian languages that it's important, uh, like un, like it's not even possible to 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 learn them. Uh, same with like Russian languages, also German. But um, since you are somehow into it a little more, then it's good to hear your voice. Then, <laughs> oh, it's. Um 
Korean actually isn't a, a really difficult language to learn. It's, the only thing is, is that Korean is a much more descriptive language than English. Mm-hmm. So they do have a lot more adjectives than we do. And trying to explain some of those adjectives to, when, you know, when my Korean friends are trying to explain them, I go, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> But um, it's cool that you probably also like grew like a Korean friend base which is nice if you come to a new country and of course you met your wife which is korean and somehow you get all the things that are around koreans and 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 you get somehow into it which is cool and then you probably get used to the language a little better than if you're just a foreigner oh you do i mean you you, you can pick it up quite easily and the and the korean writing system is really easy to learn mm -hmm. interesting um because it it's phonetic so it it, it goes by sound okay um, it's not like Chinese, which is character-based, which I think I would have. I just couldn't learn <laughs> Chinese <laughs> writing. But but Korean is very logical, and it's actually quite easy to follow and pick up. Cool, I didn't know uh, that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's all phonetic. So they go by sound. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So uh, probably we should, uh, as the listeners uh, listen to, we should get a little more into the into the language, since I also don't know a lot about it. But how did this whole, like, when you came to, to, to South Korea, how did this whole um, productivity thing came up for you? I mean, you came to South Korea and you wanted to teach, but how did you know for yourselves that the productivity thing is something that you can teach and that you're an expert in and that you want to develop knowledge in? How did this whole shift came into, into place? Well, the funny thing is, is, yeah, the funny thing is, is with productivity and time management, I got into that when I was in middle school. Um, I wasn't very good with exams, but I was brilliant at making exam revision timetables. Because mm -hmm. this was before computers when I was at middle school. So I would get my uh, pen, piece of paper and I'd draw the lines and I'd make a timetable for revision uh, preparing for the exams. I, I wasn't very good at following it, but I loved the process of planning it. Got it. Interesting. <laughs> so I've always been into it. And then Filofax... I think I got a Filofax for my 18th birthday. What's a Filofax? Uh, a Filofax. Oh, I am getting old now. <laughs> a Filofax <laughs> was really, really popular in the 1980s. It was like um, a leather-bound, well, it's a bit like a Franklin planner. Okay, got it. But not quite as good. So it had a, it had a diary, it had a, a year planner, and it had an address book and a place to put your notes. Oh, okay. And okay, I no. loved that. Okay, I know what you yeah. mean. Okay, and then the, okay. So the Franklin planner then... I got introduced to Franklin Planner in the early 1990s, about 93, fell in love with it, got sent on the course, uh, and I used that right up till 1999, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, 2009. In 2009, I read Getting Things Done by David right. Allen, right. and that was perfect timing because we were moving into the digital world. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't get the iPhone in Korea until 2009, mm -hmm. so it was perfect timing to read that book because that book is not about you know a a an app or about like a franklin planner is a is a planner a paper-based right. planner right. this was just a, a framework a system if you like mm -hmm. and you could create your own whether you did it on paper or digital it didn't matter and so productivity and time management has been a fascination of mine since i was a teenager and um in the last three or four years, I probably kind of, I, I suppose you call it alt GTD, mm -hmm. <laughs> an alternative GTD, if you like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so because I think 
the problem I've always had with GTD is it's all about doing tasks and each task is mm. equal, but life isn't quite as simple as that. Right. Um, it's very easy to do like 30, 40 tasks in a day and say, I've had a productive day, but what have you actually done? Right, right. You know, that was the question I was always asking myself. And I realized I wasn't really getting into the goals, focusing mm -hmm. in on my goals and what was important. And um, so I kind of created my own system. But underneath everything, it's GTD. Right. But that's interesting, I think, because, because like the, the whole background is that you somehow document what you have learned over the years in the whole productivity area and that you somehow found your own your own carpooling system that works for you, but you also think or you also believe that it works for, for other people. And that's the reason why you distribute it through online content, mm -hmm. through courses, through um, personal talks like we do it now. I think that's interesting that you also made the, your journey yourself and you're not just positioning yourself as an expert, but you also actually made the, the route through the whole productivity area, right? Yeah, I've made the mistakes right, right. <laughs> and learned from them and learned from them as well. Um, but I learned that the, the thing is, is that everybody is different. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's the key here. And the Franklin Planner and I, I still have my Franklin Planner. Um, I don't use it anymore. I don't write in it anymore, but I will never <laughs> let it go because there's, there's, it, it's like my legacy. It's, it's like my journey. Um, but um, it's. You know, the whole process of going from a simple revision timetable right. in the 1980s right through to where I am today using pretty much a complete digital system. Mm -hmm. That's it's super uh, interesting. I mean, the only, thing that, the only thing I use on paper now is my journal. I did try journaling for a year in Evernote, mm -hmm. but ah, there's something not quite there when you have a digital journal that sure, I don't know. Right. There's a connection missing. Right. And... You know, having that, just writing your thoughts, writing what you've done today, mm. what did you achieve today, things like that. It, 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 I find it's much nicer writing. Yeah, same here. I have typing. the same thing. I also use, like, I tried um, documenting or documenting everything in Evernote or in, in different tools. But then I realized that um, writing it down on a, like a normal paper can help me just summarize my thoughts at the end of the day instead of writing it all digital. But everything else is also digital for me and also for a lot of listeners, what I know. Um, but that, So that's interesting to see how we can just deep dive on the topics there, I think, on the whole digital area. Since it's also big in, the, in German companies right now, how can they digitalize their processes and how can they become uh, like a leader in digitalization? Uh, what do you think, like, since you also made the step back then, what's the first step to actually become productive? And you talked about goals uh, just a, a minute earlier, like that you clarified your goals somehow. What's the, what's the first step in someone's mind to become productive and to bring things on paper or in digital, um, digital tools? What's the first thing that you would, you would, you know, the first thing that I I think the first thing that people need to get into that, and it's really about developing the habit, is collect everything into one place. Okay. Um, now, I say one place, but what I mean by that is uh, I have everything collected. Uh, like to-dos, I'll just collect into my, the app that I use, which is Todoist. Okay. Yeah. Um, if it's a note, okay, I open up Evernote and I just type mm. in. Right. Um, the key is just getting into that habit of collecting. Don't trust your head because mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest reasons why people, well, they feel they're not productive simply because they're not 
collecting everything. They're not, you know, they don't, they don't collect them. Somebody says, oh, can you send me that file? Yeah, 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 I'll send you that file later today. I won't forget. But they do. Right. Um, and then everything becomes a mad rush at the end of the day and they feel stressed and you know, overwhelmed by everything that they have to do. Mm-hmm. But if you just have a pen and piece of paper is enough, just get into that habit of collecting everything. Right. You can delete it later if you remembered it, mm-hmm. but just the habit of collecting. Um, once you've done that, you've got a real solid foundation to move into like organizing where it all goes, basically. But if you're not yeah. collecting, it's a waste, you know, you're going to waste your time. And uh, also prioritizing already, or do you just like collect it? First you do that in organizing. When you organize everything later, when you've got a bit more time and the phone isn't ringing and your colleagues are not saying, can you do this? Can you do oh, what? And you're not <laughs> stuck in a meeting. You know, just 10 minutes at the end of the day, if you did it every day, that's all you would need right. to organize and prioritize the next day. Interesting. I, I mean, you have, you have an very, I think in my eyes, we have a very interesting video about the golden 10 minute rule. I mean, um, I also, mm. um, maybe we can also deep dive on that a little later. I think that's a super interesting, mm. the approach there. Um, since you just mentioned it a little, um, but in, in my terms, like also, um, like you have prior, you have your to do list, then you have your goals. You want to achieve something in the whole year. Um, how do you how do you set up goals? Like, do you do you also go into Evernote and just write down what you want to do this year, or do you have a whiteboard where you cover things, or how's what's your approach uh, there? Well, for me, I usually start in October, okay. and I start I just create one note in Evernote, just a, a blank note, mm-hmm. and really it's about you know what do I want to achieve next year? What would I like to change about myself next year? These are the like the three or four questions that I would start mm-hmm. with. Um, and then over the course of October and usually into November, I just add to it when I have ideas. Right. But it's it's about, for me, I've been doing that for years. So as soon as October comes, it's like my brain switches into that. What do I want to wow. do next year? Mm-hmm. Interesting, um, yeah. But that note then is kind of in, I have a, a, a label called Incubator. Mm-hmm. That's for notes that I'm just working on and ideas that I'm developing. But that note goes to the top. Okay. Uh, and I'm yeah. adding to it every day. And then usually after in the final two weeks of November, I start taking it a bit more serious and then organizing what what I actually want to do because there's usually far too much on there for one year. <laughs> and then, you know, in December when everything starts quietening down, end-of-year parties and companies are closing down for the end of the year, uh-huh. I know I'm going to have plenty of time to transfer what I've decided to do next year into Todoist. Right. Interesting. And okay. I, I have a, a I have a project called Goals, and I mm-hmm. just develop it out through there. So for me, then every single day, I can bring something in from my goals into my daily list. Interesting. That's fascinating. But uh, do you like also like um, you somehow? prioritize your goals so if you think or like are those goals measurable at the end of the year or is it more like just like a high vision strategy kind of goal (laughs) well one thing that i've learned about myself is Mm -hmm. i am always late okay when it comes to goals (laughs) Uh Uh, a good example is when i got back from i was visiting my family in uh in in actually ireland Uh, my parents now live in ireland Mm mm-hmm uh, we're all from England, but they now live in Ireland. Ooh, that's and, difficult, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Coming from England. And they, yeah. And the, um, you know, the Guinness is very nice in Ireland. Mm-hmm. 
And the food in Ireland is probably a lot more, I would suppose, a lot more calories than the food that you would get in Korea. Uh, so the way, the, so the weight went on. And when I came back in January and I weighed myself, it was like, oh, oh dear. So I said, right, by the end of March, I will get down to my ideal weight, which right. is 80 kilograms. I was 87 kilograms when I got back. Mm -hmm. um, and I needed to get back down to 80. And March the 30th, I weighed myself and I was like 82.6 or something. So I'm 2.6 outside of my target. But next week when I do it, I know I'll be down to 80. So I'm a month late, but I'm always late with my goals. So it's, not, it's um, so it's also not like it's not as relevant to be on time, but it's more important that you get the things done in the year that you visualize, right? It is. And, and the thing for me was uh, I still set those deadline dates, mm -hmm. but between my wife and I, it's always the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll hit that one next year. <laughs> but, but, you know, the date is still there. And the one thing I've learned is don't ever give up if you miss the deadline because you will achieve it if you keep going. Right, right. So it's not I, I, to me, as I said, I learned that at school. Just don't give up mm -hmm. because you missed the deadline. Just keep going. You will, you know, it will happen. And at the end of the day, it will always make you happy, right? No matter if it's like a oh, day yeah. later or not. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, is I say my wife and I always joke about it now. <laughs> at least you know, how late were you oh i was only a month late this time <laughs> <laughs> it's a good battle sometimes i can be six months late but i i won't give up it's it's you know i'm just gonna keep going until i i reach that target cool yeah it also gives you a little like, little challenge in your partnership i mean that's also fun <laughs> oh yeah 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 so um but that that's the thing with goals is you you need to establish what they are but for me it's more about like the the vision that i have mm -hmm. everything seems to come back to that so i don't know if you saw it um but tony robbins did a mm -hmm. i don't know if it's unleash the power conference in new york last year okay and there was like ten thousand people in there and i saw him on stage and doing his stuff and tony robbins is tony robbins and he's highly energetic and very right. loud right not my not my style but uh, I saw that 10,000 people and I thought, yeah, that is exactly what I want to be doing. So teaching um, in front of lots of people. In yeah. And that's been a goal of mine for a long, long time now. It's not just because I, I this was the first time I'd actually seen it. That wasn't like a music concert or, a, uh -huh. or something. It was a guy, one guy teaching 10,000 people at one time and I saved the picture from the video oh, wow. okay, and it's cool. there to remind me oh that is what I want to be doing Fantastic. so all my goals are focused towards achieving that goal but I know that I've got many 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 steps to go through before I get there so this is a probably I say in 10 years time but with my track record it probably means 15 <laughs> already considering <laughs> the time delay <laughs> yeah yeah but the goal is in 10 years time. So 20, uh, 2028, that's what I want to be doing. Super. I mean, that's, uh, that's uh, super inspiring. I mean, hopefully we will uh, soon see you then in Germany as well. And maybe this can be like, oh, a, yes. like a little throwback. Uh, Carl, you're mad. <laughs> you still remind having the interview. Do you 10 remember years ago. 10 years ago? You said. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. Now we have it all, all recorded. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's, it's, that's where the ultimate goal is for me. And mm -hmm. uh, I will keep going and keep going and keep going. And I mean, for me, it's about refining and refining that system. Right. Um, right. 
But each year, the goals have to take me closer towards that vision, if you right. like. Right. So that's interesting. We so, can, what's that? Sorry, I just say, so, so really the key with goal planning is you need that vision first. Okay. And then you can, everything comes down from the vision and you separate goals and, and that's how you also develop your, or you prioritize your to-dos probably, right? It is. And uh, if, I, I don't know if you've read the book, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But, I'm just reading um, it now, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, in there, um, I've forgotten the author's name now. <laughs> um, Go ahead. Uh, Uh, Stephen Covey, right? Stephen Covey, yeah. He he said, uh, I think in the chapter there about goal planning, begin with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And that has always struck with me. I mean, I read that book years ago, probably in the 1990s, and that one quote, begin with the end in mind. And then reverse engineer, right? Yeah, it's reverse engineer down to where you are today, so you you kind of have a, a roadmap. Right, right. I mean that's uh, that's also like how do you how do you then like do you visualize your 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 big vision every day is it something that you you take a look at every day then to to also think about it in more detail or do you have it some somewhere um, hanging or no I mean the image is just um, actually in my goals notes section okay yeah. um, and I usually re- I review my goals every week because then I can set mm-hmm. out what tasks I'm going to do each day I don't do it every day because it becomes a little bit well you stop paying attention if you do it every day right right um, it doesn't quite have the same power but once a week for me on a Sunday I do a weekly review mm-hmm. and that's when I I will allocate different goal tasks to each day so that I'm doing at least one goal task every day And then you like, how do you set up your calendar? Then is there like a little like a, an approach when you like we, when you look at at your goals on Sunday? Do you also mm-hmm. take a look at your calendar then, or already organize how you can um, how you can develop your productivity during the com- upcoming week, or how do you combine that? Well, yeah, I look at my calendar to see what appointments I've got set up because uh, the, uh, Tuesday this week, for example, it was pretty much back to back teaching. Okay. So there yeah. wasn't much time to do. So one of my goals at the moment, and it still relates to the vision, because to be able to stand up in front of 10,000 people mm-hmm. and do a two-day uh, conference or workshop, you have to be incredibly energetic. Mm-hmm. So fitness is a very big part of my goal okay. planning, mm-hmm. because if I just let myself go over the next 10 years, <laughs> I'm not going to have the the ability to stand up for two days and do that kind of conference. Right. So I have to maintain my fitness. But I looked at my calendar on Thursday and thought, right, there's no chance I can do a session in the gym. There's no sense I can go out running. There's just no time. Mm-hmm. So I just scheduled what I call my five by five, mm-hmm. which is five sets of press-ups and five planks. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It takes it takes about 10 to 15 minutes. Depends how much rest I have in between. <laughs> <laughs> But it takes between five and ten. Uh, 10 to 15 minutes and I have no excuse if I can't find 10 to 15 minutes in the day just to do some planks and press-ups right or push-ups whatever you call them um then there's a problem in my system and you also organize <laughs> organize the the fitness into your calendar already or so is it like a, uh, like a yeah I do I but I do that on a Sunday and it's based on my schedule so I knew I, we were recording this podcast today so mm-hmm. I did the gym work uh, at lunchtime today Okay, so you somehow move it around and see how it works then. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Because normally at this time of the day, I would be exercising. Okay. Sorry that I uh, covered you. In no, 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 no. Because <laughs> uh, when I did my weekly review on Sunday, I saw that we had this uh, scheduled, this uh, this interview scheduled. So right. all I did was I just shifted the um, the exercise. The exercise is very flexible. So right, right. That's true. Mm. I mean, um, but but do you think the since we're talking about the calendar now, do you think the calendar is somehow the first step to getting organized in 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 someone's head or you'd already talked about the collecting stuff collect stuff and don't just get loosed of get just loosened off of your to-do so collect your to-dos and how how important is the calendar then do you think you should combine well, for the me the calendar the calendar anything on my calendar absolutely must be done today okay yeah and they would have to be a pretty big emergency mm-hmm Uh, for me not to do something that's on my calendar right so my to-do list is what i call my optional list if you like mm -hmm. um so my to-do list actually helps me to focus on what i want to focus on today mm -hmm. so in between teaching uh i have like blogs to write or videos to plan um courses to create and so on and so forth you know i can't be doing them 24 hours a day so i kind right. of on my to-do list i have you know, I can see what needs doing next. Mm -hmm. But okay. if something has, yeah, if something has like a, a deadline coming up in the next 10 days, then working on that's going to be on my calendar. And then you're, you also sometimes are those like, imagine you have like an appointment. Um, okay. Let's record a video on Tuesday. Do you have mm -hmm. also then like a to do on your inner to doist app where it shows, okay, I need to prepare the video then. And then you combine those. Uh, okay, so no, um, because on, I record my YouTube videos, for example, on a Saturday afternoon. Okay. And that's in my calendar. So oh, I've okay. got two hours, yeah, two hours uh, scheduled for that on a Saturday afternoon. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's on my calendar, so it doesn't need to be on my to-do list as well. Right, but you schedule but the, recording a video. Yeah, but the planning of the videos is on my to-do list because that can be done anytime, anywhere, any place. Right. Um, oh, okay. I just need my phone. That's it. Um, but for me to record the videos, I need to be in a certain place to do it. Also, it's also like you're, you also have like a difference between like location, like location has an impact, whether it is on the calendar or in the to-do list, right? Uh, sometimes, not always, but yeah, sometimes. Um, but in that situation, if I didn't schedule like doing the YouTube videos, I would probably find an excuse not to do it. Right, right. And then, and then suddenly go, oh, I need to do them. And then you're panicking and, you you know, it's not a good mindset to have when you're um, – <laughs> trying to rush these things out right especially video where a lot lots of people can can probably see it um i mean you, your your videos have up to i think fifty thousand views or um i mean that's, that's can quite, do yeah yeah that's quite fast oh the other one is like the blog post uh when i i, I write a weekly blog post mm -hmm. and that's scheduled for monday 9 30 a.m to 11 okay I schedule that, but the dra uh, the editing, which I usually, which is uh, a to do on a Tuesday, hmm. is not scheduled because Tuesdays sometimes can be busy days, mm -hmm. and I can do the editing on my phone or in right. a coffee shop on my iPad. Right. Uh, and true, I can I can write the blog post in a coffee shop or wherever, but it's on my nine thirty on a Monday. I sit down. And that's when I write. 
Great. So that's interesting that you already scheduled all those things. It's the same here. So when I think about um, new podcast episodes, I also have them in the to-do list. But when it gets a little closer to, let's say, preparing for an interview with Carl, then it's also an appointment in my calendar to make it really um, to make it fix since it's an important thing for me. Um, then it's in the calendar. Well, that's what <clears throat> actually that's what I was um, suggesting to some uh, university students as well. They were. Mm -hmm. have to make time to sit down and write that essay or prepare for that exam. So clearly, like you were just gone for a couple of seconds, I think because of the internet, mm. but you, um, so clearly setting up an appointment in, in regards to also in the student life to, to write like an appointment to write a letter or what, what was your point just now? No, if they, sorry, if they, if the student has an assignment, say to complete by Friday. Okay. Yeah then I always recommend on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, schedule time on your calendar to write that ah, essay. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Because if it's on, if you have that rule, if it's on my calendar, it gets done. Right. It's going to get done. But if right. you, if you leave it on a to-do list, we tend to think of to-do list a little bit more in a more relaxed way mm -hmm. <laughs> is, is probably the best way to put it. And you say, Oh, I'm not in the mood. Right. But when I see something on my calendar, it, it sort of motivates me. Okay, this afternoon, I'm going to write that essay. Right, right. True. Oh, that's an, a great approach because I, I do it the same way. Everything that's important it comes to my, to, to my calendar and not in to-do list. How do, how, what do you think, how important is the day before then? I mean, the day before, especially the night before, the evening before, to, to think about the next day. Is that something that you do on, a, on like a daily basis to think about the next day? Or how do you approach that? It is because uh, that's where my the golden 10 comes in. I call it the golden 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Now, to be fair, when you first start this, it will take you longer than 10 minutes. Right. Uh, because you're, you're going to be a bit slow and you have to think about what to do next. But once you get up and running with it, you know, you look at your inbox, you, you organize what you collected during the day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's very fast. You know, you think, okay, that's not urgent. Put it into that project. Uh, oh, I don't need that anymore. Oh, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. You know, you can go through 20, 30 things that you collected. Mm -hmm. And by the way, 20 to 30 things is a lot more than most people do. I think on average, we collect about 10 to 15 things a day. Right, right. Um, and then... Once you've done that, then you can look at your projects list and say, right, what things do I want to get done tomorrow? What are the things that are really important tomorrow? Hmm. And you can date them, flag them, whichever system you're using. It doesn't really matter. But make sure you've got – I always pick two, what I call my two objectives for the day, the two things that I really want to hmm. get done tomorrow. And, and they won't be on my calendar. How big are those tasks then? Do they have like a time frame? Can they be three, four hours? It depends hours on or? how – If it's a quiet day, so I know, uh, like yesterday, Wednesday, uh, I had no classes in the morning, so my first class was uh, lunchtime. Mm -hmm. So I knew from 8 a.m. until 11 a.m. I had, you know, like, well, is it four, three hours, mm -hmm. um, three hours to do some really focused work. So then I scheduled something. Okay, got it. Uh, how, how, um, what would you recommend then for somebody that is somehow in between? 
um, like let's say they have different priorities and they don't know how to set the priorities and you do that the, the, the day before what would you recommend somebody that is not quite sure how to prioritize or how to specify the t the task that somebody wants to do the next day how how should they approach the problem of prioritizing well for me I, it's always been instinct mm -hmm. <laughs> something tells me this is important i must get it done but right. <clears throat> for somebody really starting out the best thing to do is look at your calendar what's coming up in the next two weeks right what needs to be completed in the next two weeks okay and then um, and there Those would be your objectives. But the, the thing about the objectives is I always try to include a goal task on there. Mm -hmm. So would, at the moment, as I mentioned, health and fitness is a goal task at the moment. Right. Um, so I, today it's not – I've already completed it, but do minimum of 20 minutes exercise today was on my today's objective. Right. And then um, you, you do it every day, right? I mean, that's like the, that's um, an obligation then for you, or you try at least to come. It there. is, but I don't. I don't exercise on Saturdays, my day off, so it wouldn't be on there on Saturday. Okay, yeah. Uh, but Saturday could be something as simple as like do three quality videos for YouTube. Mm, okay. I know yeah. it's on my it's on my calendar, but that's what I've decided is going to be my objective for the day. Right, right. And then I think your your video about the 10-minute rule comes into play again that you just mentioned. Um, since yeah. I love the love the approach there, maybe you can share the the insights on, on your video there. Of course, I can also link to your video, but maybe you can give mm -hmm. a little insight or a little deep dive on, on the topic of the golden 10-minute rule because I think that's somehow correlated to, to things that we just talked about. It is. About. And Well, the golden 10 minutes is, as I say, it's, it really only needs 10 minutes. And if you're starting out, it will take you longer, probably 20 minutes to start out with. But mm -hmm. as you get faster at this, as you do it every single day, you will very quickly get into the habit. Okay, what did I collect today? Where does it go? What do I want to do tomorrow? Mm -hmm. What's my calendar saying? You right. know, those things that you're looking at. Right. And all that should just take you 10 minutes. And then your day's planned for tomorrow. Also, you also take and a look thing, at the collecting stuff then, right? Just to interrupt you. Absolutely, because um, if you're not if you're not processing your inboxes, it's just gonna it will soon fill up with <laughs> stuff that you will never look at. So sure. you need to do that. I I try to do that every single day. Mm -hmm. uh, empty my inboxes. It's it it really doesn't. It's two or three minute job is that one. Right. Um, deciding what I want to do tomorrow again. It's just too maybe two minutes, sometimes a lot faster because it's obvious what I want to do tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, and making sure that everything fits in with my calendar because, you know, your calendar is telling you what commitments you have tomorrow that are, are like all like non-negotiables. Right. So all the other stuff, you're fitting around the calendar. Interesting. Okay. And then you like somehow the 10 minute rule just means that you actually or like comprehend all the stuff that you have, the collected stuff, your, your possible appointments on the next day, you, you look at your to-do list and then you somehow combine all the relevant information that you have and see how that's going to work out in the next day. Right. Yeah. And basically I, I depends on what to-do list manager you're using. Right. And even if you're using a paper system, all you do is the flag, the two things that you really want to get done tomorrow. Mm -hmm. and, why um, would, and you just make sure you do them. Right, right. And why do you, you are using Todoist. Why do you think that's, uh, that's like the best approach for you on that, that regard to, to, to collect to-dos and organize them and filter them? Well, Todoist, 
I mean, I was attracted to do this for two main reasons was the design of it was just gorgeous. I, I love okay. the way yeah. the designers put it together. But the main reason was is that it's it's very simple. Mm. And I hate complexity. I think I have an allergy to complexity because my brain just shuts down when something gets complex. Right, same. Um, <laughs> so, so with with to with to do is it's a very very simple approach. You've got an inbox where you can collect everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got projects where you can actually add all the stuff that you collected to the right projects. If you want to use labels, and if you're a GTDer as they say, a gtd mm-hmm. um, you will want to add labels or context. So it gives you that option. And for people like me who like to get a bit geeky sometimes, we've got filters. So yeah. we can play around and create lists of out of all oh, sorts okay. of weird yeah. and wonderful things. So for me to do is, it, it, it ticks all the boxes for me. A lot right. of the other apps that I've used, I've used OmniFocus and Things 2, not Things 3. Um, I, I loved them. They were great, but I, I was always playing around or there was always something that I couldn't do that I really wanted to do. And, but to do is does everything I wanted to do. Cool. And we have a, we have a good, good German alternative for all the German listeners uh, called Wunderlist. I don't know if it's um, popular in, in, in South Korea. I'm not sure, but it's also, it was like a, like an app from a German, German founder who's quite successful here. And he um, developed this app, which, completely like overcame all the 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 possibilities that people saw in in to do's and he really made it simple but efficient and it's somehow similar to to doist but they have Mm. somehow um they've uh, yeah somehow the the same goal with with their app approach maybe that's also something that for the german listeners but also for the international ones that um want to check different stuff out i mean that's the thing with apps is you find the one that you like the most right right um because I know that uh, Microsoft OneNote, for example, mm-hmm. is just as good and in some ways probably better than Evernote. But I've been using Evernote for nine years now. Oh wow! And it just it just wouldn't be it just wouldn't be worth my while to switch to another Notes app. Not mm-hmm. unless something came along that was like a thousand times better. Right. Um, Evernote does what it meant what it does. For me and it does it very very well and it's incredibly stable so right i don't need to change especially mm. this i love this i love the search function of evernote you can just search everything yeah, you yeah. have and will always find the right the, the thing that you're looking for um one thing that i think is quite interesting also especially if i look at the um the market or the people that i'm surrounded by um in in, in germany at least is the whole thing email email is Mm-hmm. somehow um getting m- m- not very popular at the moment since of course the young <laughs> generation is talking about tools and slack and uh just different communication methods and emails getting little less popular and we are thinking a lot about how to how to um yeah how to be more efficient with emails and how to like overcome the problem that you have 50 emails in your inbox but you don't know how to how to get loose of them and um, what do you think is like a good approach for email do you have different folders or how do you approach email in a way that you somehow at least you don't forget people answering but mm-hmm. also you know that which things are important or not well for me email i actually love email not not because of my age or anything it's just that it's so easy <laughs> to manage right um right. I mean, I I don't use Slack. I use Twist, which is uh, mm. Doist version of the same thing. And I do use that a lot as well. But for email, uh, I just have essentially three folders, which is one I call Action Today. Okay. 
which means what it says, action today. Um, I have uh, archive, mm -hmm. where everything else goes. Yeah. And I have waiting for. And that's it. I don't need any other folders. So when an email comes in, if I have time to deal with it now, and I would probably say 70% of the emails I get, I can deal with straight away. Mm -hmm. So I do. I, I'm not going to let it hang around because if you've got like 10 of those at the end of the day, right. now you're going to spend 15, 20 minutes just replying to emails that could have just taken you two minutes at the time. Right, right. So, so I'm just going to deal with it straight away. Elevators are great places, by the way, to, to reply to email. Elevate. When you're waiting for an ele elevators. Okay. When you're waiting for an elevator uh -huh. or you're waiting for a train or a bus, best places to actually um, reply to email. Oh, that's what you mean. Um, okay. But, okay, got it. Yeah. yeah. Whenever you're waiting, just pull out the phone and just, oh, I can reply to that. Bang, gone. Mm -hmm. Right. I always think of email as like tennis. When they send an email <laughs> to cool, you, yeah. your yeah. job is to get it back as fast as you can. Right, right. In a quick and efficient way. Yeah. I mean, there's like the, yeah. the two-minute rule. Everything that can be done in under two minutes, which is in most cases yeah, an yeah, email, yeah. just do it, right? Don't think about just it. Just get it done, yeah. Don't even waste time saving it into action today. But emails that need thinking about or emails that I need to get some more information on, yeah, go into my action today folder. Right. But I will get to it. I have this rule that I set for myself, which is reply within 24 hours. Right, interesting, um, yeah. And, you know, these days, because of the YouTube channel and because of the various other things that I do, I do get a lot more email than I used to do. But mm -hmm. I've never had a problem dealing with it within 24 hours. Um, and I get some wonderful questions I that are imagine, really yeah. difficult to answer. And I look at the question and go, ah, that's not easy. <laughs> so I used to say, OK, I've got a bus ride coming up. I'll think about it on the bus. <laughs> Right. So yeah, and you, usually by the time I get home, I've got the answer, or at least a way that I can answer it. Yeah, and I mean it's another way of social media, or like a big advantage that you get questions from from listeners or from from mm. from people that watch your videos that you can directly use mm. again for an, another video. I mean that's that's the great the great advantage of social media. You can connect and oh, interact yeah. with people, that, and you can also use it again for for your content um i mm. mean the same thing happens here what what actually comes into the waiting for folder then well usually if i send an email out and i'm waiting for a response okay uh so if i'm trying to set up an appointment with somebody for example mm -hmm. um i'll sort of send an email out saying would thursday four o'clock or friday six o'clock be okay for you right as soon as i've sent it i drag that email into my waiting for so instead folder. of a send list you have you're waiting for a folder, right? Or you've also uh, have a sent the folder. only well, no, the sent list is there because it's just automatically generated by the, whatever email client you're using, right? Uh, but I just drag the email out of there and put it into my waiting for. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's an yeah, uh, that's an approach that I have not heard before, so I probably think about using that. That's cool. But to be fair, the the waiting for folder I will look at maybe once a day. Okay. Yeah. Just it's just to remind me if I'm waiting for something or something's gone what I call dormant and mm -hmm. needs a bit of a push. Um, you know, it just keeps me on top of what I'm waiting for. Right, right. I mean, there's also like a cool, cool tool called Boomerang, which Tim Ferriss mm -hmm. uh, somehow recommended in, in another podcast, I think. But I'm, I've not used it so far, but I, I think it's also a little more costly. So I think you have to pay mm. for it, but it's somehow reminds you of emails that you send out that are that you need to get like 
yeah, hang off that you need to like remind yourself that maybe there's something going coming back again especially regarding possible appointments or something so maybe well the, the one thing yeah in email though the one thing that i find absolutely pointless is the function that some email clients have which is i suppose they call it snoozing uh-huh so you hit the snooze and the email will come back to you in eight hours time right 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 the thing yeah. is The thing is, I just think that is the most ridiculous feature there is, simply because <laughs> once you've seen it, you know it's going to come back. Right, right. So just deal with it now. And if right. you can't deal with it now, move it to your Action Today's folder and deal with it later. True, definitely. But yeah. hitting snooze is is not the solution. Right, 100% agree. The email agree. still needs dealing with. <laughs> so Exactly. That. Uh, and the problem now is you know it's coming back. Right, right. And you have taken like five seconds to look at it. Why just email back? Yeah, right? so, so to me, it's just easy. I mean, I use an application called Newton Mail. Newton Mail, um, okay. Yeah, and I love that application. And uh, it allows me basically to, all I have to do is just hit the, the folder icon and click action today or archive or waiting for it. It's just really simple. But I mean, there's many, many email clients out there that, Are just as good. I mean, actually, Apple Mail these days on an iOS device is very good. Right, right. And I, I love Gmail. Yeah, I love Google, yeah. and um, I'm a big fan of Google and their systematic approach to emails. But um, they, I mean, they the are. only thing I have with Google is on the uh, on the browser. If I'm dealing with email from my desktop, right. I, I just think the user interface is ugly. Yeah, yeah. I know there's a refresh coming. I, I, because I've seen the the. Uh -huh. Blog post. There's a refresh coming. It's about time. Right, right. Because <laughs> um, the calendar, when they updated their calendar, wow, that was fantastic. Yeah, loving it. Yeah, I mean, especially yeah. as you can integrate different calendars and uh, different from yeah. different emails, and it's amazing. Mm. So if they do the same or something similar with the email, then that's going to be a big player. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that one. I also saw that coming with Google. Um, let's just see how that's. How that's going to look like. I'm interested in that also. Um, I think, especially since I'm still a student, um, and of course that's relevant for every other person as well, but I think students have somehow a big problem with procrastination. Um, <laughs> I think everybody has experienced it so far and it's, it's not really um, time relevant or age relevant. I think procrastination is something that everybody, um, um, for that's important for everybody. How do, we, how do you, Or is there like an easy hack for you to limit procrastination, whether it is social media um, or like the whole distraction topic? Um, is there like one hack that you would recommend for for students or any any age person um, in, in any age uh, that's relevant and important? Well, the, the first thing I really should say, procrastination is not actually that bad. People think it's bad because it means you're not doing any work. But sometimes to come up with a really good solution or to come up with a really good idea, mm -hmm. your brain is just going to go naturally into a procrastination mood. Right. Um, I think I had one actually probably Tuesday this week. Mm -hmm. I really didn't actually get much work done. But when I woke up on Wednesday morning, my head was full of so many ideas. Mm -hmm. I, I had to spend the first 20 minutes of the day just capturing them all, typing them all out. I just, in the end, I created an Evernote note. But so whilst I, it would be easy for me to say, ah, oh, Tuesday, I just procrastinated all day. Actually, to me, it was very positive procrastination because mm -hmm. the ideas that came from it. But if you are 
say under the deadline and you really have to get something done and procrastination is stopping you because you you know you pick up your phone you're checking facebook twitter you're playing with whatsapp and everything the really the only thing is again is go back to the calendar situation what goes on the calendar must get done so if you've scheduled writing an essay between 2 p.m and 4 Mm p.m that's what you do right but if you want to check your email or your social media after every 30 minutes that's okay Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Right. Um, but just make sure that you're doing like 25, 30 minutes of solid work, then stop, look at your phone if you want, mm-hmm. um, and then say, right, back onto it, another 30 minutes. Actually, right. that break, you know, that little two or three minute break while you check your social media, uh-huh. I think is not that bad for you. Right. It can also give you a little uh, new perspective again, right, on your learning or whatever you're yeah, doing. It is. Um, so I... First, I would always say to people, don't always think of procrastination as a negative thing. There are going to be days when you feel I didn't do very much, but mm. you wait till the next day. Right. All your brain has just gone into a, a, a state where it's just coming up with ideas and solutions. Mm. And for students, particularly, um, you know, you might find that you're stuck on an essay point. You're not thinking, what angle am I going to write this essay from, or how, you know, how am I going to structure it? you find that maybe on that day you don't get much done, but the next day the answer comes right, right. and you're off. And sometimes it helps and just to sleep a night over it and um, the, yeah, the sleep yeah, yeah, yeah. will help to, to, to get you into the mood of writing again. Yeah, so I don't actually worry about procrastination as such. If it's one day, it's fine. If it was a whole week, I think I might be worried. But, but usually <laughs> when it does happen, it's generally one day. Yeah, it and sounds, it sounds, I can accept that. It sounds so philosophical, mm. but there are ups and downs in your life, and it's, it's probably the same thing happens to procrastination. And I think that's some that's a very, very good hack. I think. Thanks for for sharing that. I think that's something. Well, that, you you can learn it from exercise as well. If you went out to the gym or went out for a long run today, mm-hmm. there's a good chance you're not going to be able to do that tomorrow as well. Right. True. Right. Yeah, because your your body's recovering, and it's right. the brain. Sometimes when you're putting it under pressure, sometimes just goes into this mode where it says, "I'm not in the mood." But actually, underneath, it's mm-hmm. actually developing the solutions for you. So I wouldn't worry about it. Right. That, uh, something that that I want to want to cover that's also super interesting in in, in my eyes, since you have gone a quite fast and 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 interesting route here, is that you started a YouTube channel to somehow document your way. Um, in, or your route in procrastination, not in procrastination, in um, productivity, time management, and all the different topics. And um, mm-hmm. I just talked to somebody that's also um, vlogging every single day of his life at the moment. So he has a cameraman that's just following him, like Gary Vaynerchuk. It's somehow a similar approach. But for you, how has the whole YouTube thing helped you to position yourself? Because I think I have a lot of people in my community who also have a little expertise in different areas, but they're not sure yet if they want to start a podcast or if they want to start a YouTube channel. And I, for myself, can always say I can I can only recommend it. But what has happened to you after the start of YouTube? Was there a change in your life where people approaching you in different ways? Or I mean, we got in touch because of that. But what? Mm-hmm. How would you or how would you uh, describe your experiences so far? Um, oh, it's been fantastic it's been a wonderful experience i mean i actually only started doing it because i really wanted to learn how to do video <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I well i i teach and i i i've been i mean my first teaching was english but now i'm also teaching uh productivity and time management right but uh two years ago when i started the youtube channel 
I think for the year before, I actually realized that by 2020, most of our teaching will be online. Mm -hmm. So I need to get comfortable in front of the camera. Right. So I thought, okay, let's start a YouTube channel. What subject? Well, English, for example, is just wow. I mean, there's so much stuff on English out there. I, I just wouldn't even know where to start to have mm. a, a unique position. Right. So, but my other interest, obviously, at that time was also productivity and time management. And mm. I loved Todoist, and there wasn't that much on YouTube about Todoist. Mm -hmm. So that's where I started. And um, I, it quickly caught on. Right. Um, people and people responding and asking questions through the channel. And so it, it, it changed in the sense that it wasn't, it became bigger than what I expected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, now you have um, a big, a big fan base and, uh, mm. it's just like a, and that's led off into like the podcast that I do. And right. it's also led up. I mean, I was writing the blogs anyway at that stage because I just mm -hmm. love writing. Right. Um, but yeah, the YouTube channel has been, it's great fun and it's challenging at times because sometimes I'm the, I have no idea what I'm going to record this weekend, mm -hmm. but something always comes up. Right, right there. I think yeah. you, and also the followers help you to find new ideas and they do because I get the questions every day. Yeah. And right. you can say, aha, I can show that in the next video. So yeah, right. it does come up. It helps and, it's, it's, and it, it's scalable, right? I mean, you can not just feed it one person. You can feed 100 people in one, Indeed. For one question. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. How much but the time? only thing that I, What's sorry, I was going to say, the only thing that I would point out, though, is um, often I get a lot of people asking me, oh, how do you start a YouTube channel, blah, 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 and how do you do this, this, and this? Uh -huh. And I said, what I've learned is when I've helped these people and said, well, this is what you need to do and do this and do this, and I watch them not every day, but you know, once or twice a month, I'll have a look and see what they're doing. And I would say pretty much all of them quit after about five months. Oh, wow. Okay. So the one thing I realized was if you're focusing on the numbers, if you're focusing on your subscriber base, you yeah. will quit. Right. Because it's right. slow and it's right. hard and you think this isn't worth it. Right. But the ones who the ones who win at the end of the day, the ones who start getting the big following are the mm. ones who don't quit. They're doing the video because they love putting the video out there. Right, right. So I mean, if you enjoy making the videos and you love that process, you mm. you will be successful. Right. Now I can that's that's cool here because I can 100% agree. I mean, I started the podcast 2 years ago. Now got 70 episodes in German and now two in English and and I've just realized that Not just people are coming up and say, "Oh, cool, you have a podcast," and you start about pod and start about talking about podcasting and different methods mm -hmm. and how you can approach it. But also, lots of stuff has happened because I have the podcast. I'm speaking now at a conference next week, or I'm I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and there's business models coming up with it. And by just starting one thing, there's a lot of things coming up. But you just have to have, or you just have to have in mind that there might be like a little time to where things can happen. So I think at least stay for, stay at it at for at least one year or one and a half and see how things go. Mm. And then you can develop things around, around it. Right. Mm -mm. I mean, for me, the YouTube channel that led into the online courses. So right. as you say, a business model suddenly appeared. Right. right. Um, but had I not learned how to do the videos on YouTube first, I would never have known how to create online courses. Exactly. How much time goes into this for, for yourself with YouTube is like recording and then editing and then uploading it. I think it's about five hours a week to do the three videos. Okay. Um, and yeah. it's two hours of recording and it's about three hours of editing. Right. Okay. That's fine. I thought it would be more. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, well, it does. I mean, that doesn't include the planning because the planning can take a lot longer. Right. That's true. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, what I have to do is, I, I always have to remind myself that I, I, I never wanted to do the videos for the power users because the power users know more stuff than I do, mm. and they can go into coding and uh, and uh, URL callbacks and stuff that I do not understand. Right. Right. What I want my my target audience are are just everyday people who just want to use the technology for what it was designed to do. Right, right. And that's also um, a great approach. Power yeah. users, as I say, they, they know far more than I do about hacking tech. I right. have no idea how to do that. <laughs> and I mean, you always yeah. reach your, 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 your people that are interested in your topic. So that's also something that I learned. Um, now mm -hmm. I think to, 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 to somehow finalize a little, um, I have like the, the brain feeder section, which is more or less like questions and answers since the podcast is called mm -hmm. Feed Your Brain. Of course, the brain feeders uh, is like the last thing that we cover. How do you how do you feed your brain? Is it what kind of content do you do you develop um, or do you recommend for people? Or what is there like one book that you recommend that brought you further, or is there one podcast that you listen to that brought you further? Well, the biggest book in terms of time management and productivity has got to be Getting Things Done by David Allen. Uh, you know, that's just for me the if you like bible of productivity for today mm -hmm. um but there are other books that i've read like um the richest man in babylon uh, oh yeah yeah which is just a brilliant book um napoleon hills uh, think and grow rich uh you know those are kind of like anyone starting out and i think all university students should uh -huh. be forced to read those books because they can set you up for an amazing life, just the principles that they teach. Right. Um, but for feeding my own brain, uh, one trick that I started in January this year, and it was on my goals list, and I would recommend it to everybody, is at the end of the day when you've done all your work and you're finished, mm -hmm. for me that's usually 10.30 p.m. So 10.30 p.m. to 11 p.m. is my study time. And I don't choose a specific subject like i don't say i'm going to study english or i'm going to study german or i'm going to study <laughs> korean it's whatever i'm in the mood for it could be a ted talk mm -hmm. it could be quite on youtube there's a, i think there's a youtube channel called laws of attraction okay yeah brilliant site because it, it whoever's created it is pulling together like the the really amazing people of of productivity mm -hmm. life success You know, um, Jim Rohn, who sadly passed away in 2009, right. you know, that guy was a genius and his teaching style was brilliant. And we can still learn so much from those guys. Right. Right. So and so in my journal on the on the right hand page, mm -hmm. that's where I keep my notes. And nice. I realize that it's filling up now with the knowledge <laughs> in there. It's just unbelievable. And I do that every single night. Cool. Amazing. Uh, When I started, it was Monday to Friday. I didn't do it Saturday and Sunday, but mm -hmm. I love it so much, and I'm seeing the benefit, mm -hmm. the positivity in my mind when I wake up in the morning. Um, so now I do it every day, and I love it. That 30 minutes, it's whatever I'm in the mood for. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, that's uh, that's super inspiring. Yeah. Um, mm. Routines, is there anything that you do every day that's somehow part of your 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 day? The morning coffee, of course, you said the gym. Yeah, it's Yeah, drink my morning coffee. Actually, yeah, my morning routine, which goes against what most experts tell you not to do. I like to make my coffee in the morning. Mm -hmm. I sit down at my desk and I check my email. <laughs> Something. The, the reason, yeah. 
Now, to be honest with you, the reason I do that is because I never get bad news email. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have a boss who says, I want oh. you to send me that report in the next 30 minutes. Okay. If yeah. I had, if I was in that kind of environment, I wouldn't check my email first thing in the morning. But right. for me, it's newsletters, it's student questions, right. it's comments on YouTube channel and sales of books or online courses. Mm-hmm. So it's to me, email in the morning, 20 minutes. I love it. It's with that cup of coffee. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Great. What would you say to the 80-year-old Carl if there's one one recommendation that you can give now since you have some experience now in your life since you did different stuff um, uh, now in also in when you look back at, at, at your life, what would you recommend to the 18-year-old uh, Carl in, in two sentences? Yeah, it's so funny you asked that question now because um, somebody, one of my former school friends pointed out to me today that when I was 16, 17, I was one of the top 1,500 meters runners for my age in the UK. And he said, what happened? And I went, "Ah, that is my biggest regret. I stopped competing in track and field. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seriously, when I was 18, I discovered beer, girls, and pizza. (laughs) That's what an Englishman does. That was the reason. (laughs) Yeah, that was the reason why it happened. But I was stupid. But then I realized that if I had to give my 18-year-old advice now Uh is don't quit. Cool. Fantastic. Great. Because that 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 philosophy well, it's not philosophy but that rule don't quit if you really want to do something just keep going because mm. even if you don't reach it something special is still going to happen right there are things going to come same thing with the youtube channel yeah. and i think that's a that's that's a great great ending thanks for sharing that yeah. um carl I, i really appreciate it we we almost uh, went over oh we did actually we went over over an hour um i think <laughs> you got which, some editing to do <laughs> <laughs> no which was which was just um caused by by great content and your your yeah your passion for for all the topics that we mentioned i'm i'm I really really appreciate it if you're in germany or if we can make like a productivity time management event here i know let me know we, i've got to we'll, come over there i do <laughs> you have to just just um yeah. just let me know and um if i'm in in, in south korea I'll, i will give you a text and um we'll see if we make can i make it happen indeed yes nice. that's a good idea thanks carl really enjoyed it you're welcome it's been a pleasure Likewise. <laughs>